I hate you. I knew it. I knew you were going to say it. I was waiting for it. I'm like, she's going to say it. She's going to say it. I hate you. <laughs> Welcome aboard the flight attendant podcast. The seatbelt sign is on. It's going to be a rough ride. Welcome back to the Flight Attendant Podcast. I'm B, and I'm here with... Uncle Josie. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Catching up on podcasts and Instagram and all that fun stuff. I know. I hear you. What about you? I'm just trying to... Um, catching up with the whole um, studying thing um, and life, you know? Mm-hmm getting trying to get over this cold still yeah well i mean it's only been a couple of days but um summer colds are hard to get rid of they are bad they are hard i feel feel like they linger for like forever so yeah it's like two weeks later and you have like this this like mild phlegm in the back of your throat and you're like where'd that come from yeah i usually just attribute drinking milk I mean, I'm just not sure what it is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's the back of my throat. It's the back of my throat. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can suggest what it is, but <laughs> you just don't know. I see. I just don't know. <laughs> so, are you? Are you happy, sad, excited um, that this is our last podcast episode for the season? I think it's a mixture of both because I know what's coming up next is it we, you know, we are coming with something better. I know that we are going to come back refresh and, and yes, let's do this. And then at the same time, I was like, oh, I have to take a break. I know, right? Oh, yeah. 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 It's, it's like one like kind of like school, you know. It's Except like, we're excited. Right. <laughs> but like it's it's like an excited because we like have come this far. And then it's I know sad because um we actually don't have to take a break, but I feel like it's a needed break because we both have a lot of stuff going on in our lives at the moment. Right. right. That we just need a little breather. And then, you know, and happy because not only that, I, yeah, and I and I had the feeling that this this coming up month month is gonna be very busy for us in the aviation industry. So yeah, um, it might complicate things a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's 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 crazy. Did you see the? Um, the town hall meeting on Zoom that FAA, AFA, and Aviation or Airlines for America had the other day? No. They were discussing, again, like just continuing on from um, the conversation that we've been having the past like four or five episodes. They've been discussing Uh mass situations um, on the plane. 
So this is from May 24th, so just a couple of days ago. The U.S. Department of Transportation Federal Aviation Administration has proposed civil penalties ranging ranging, ranging from 9000 to 15000 against five passengers for allegedly interfering with and, in two cases, assaulting flight attendants who instructed them to obey cabin and crew instructions and various federal regulations. The enforcement the enforcement actions announced today are part of the FAA's zero tolerance policy for unruly and dangerous behavior by passengers. Since January 1st, 2021, the FAA has received approximately 25,000 reports of unruly behavior by passengers, including 1,900 reports of passengers for refusing to comply with the federal face mask mandate. So there are uh, the five cases as followed. 15,000 against the passenger on February 22nd, JetBlue flight from Miami to LA. The passenger was seated in the main cabin. The FAA LA just another passenger brought her a glass of champagne, handset and headset and food from the first class section. A flight attendant noticed the main cabin passenger had those items, picked them up and carried them back to first class section. The main cabin passenger yelled obscenities at the flight attendant and followed him to the first class section, then assaulted the flight attendant by hitting him with her body and almost pushing him into the lavatory. As a result of her actions, the captain diverted the plane to Austin, Texas, where the main cabin passenger was removed from the aircraft. I, had, I hadn't heard of that one. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a new one. I haven't heard about that one. Uh, $15,000 against a passenger on January 10th, 2021, another JetBlue flight attendant um, from Miami, or from, sorry, from Fort Lauderdale to LA. The FAA alleges the passenger twice drank his own alcohol after flight attendants told him it was prohibited. The passenger also talked on his phone during the flight. After the flight, after the flight attendant again told him those activities were not allowed, he repeatedly yelled at the flight attendants and then the flight attendant noted, notified the pilots about the passenger's behavior, which distracted them from performing their duties. I wonder if, if this is the one. No, no, that was that was uh, Alaska. I was going to say, is this the one that peed on himself? But no. Oh, here. <laughs> then another, <laughs> so then the, another 15,000 against the passenger on January 7th, 2021. Alaska Airlines flight from Washington to Seattle. The FAA alleges the passenger pushed and or shoved the flight attendant when flight attendants walked down the aisle to document which passengers were not wearing face masks. The next one is um, $10,500 against a passenger on a March 17th, 2021 JetBlue Airlines flight from Orlando to New York. The FAA alleges that the, after the boarding door had been closed and following multiple announcements about the requirements to wear face masks, the passenger was not wearing his face mask or not wearing, or not wearing it so it covered his nose and mouth. Flight attendants repeatedly instructed him to wear his face mask properly each time he failed to comply with the instructions and use profanity. A flight attendant knelt down to him, quietly asked him to lower his voice, and reminded him that reminded him of the face mask requirement. He refused to comply and continued to yell and use profanity. Flight attendants notified the captain, who called for a station agent and ground security coordinator to board the aircraft when they arrived and asked the passenger to get off the plane. He became combative and irate and loudly refused to get off. The captain then called for law enforcement. After law enforcement arrived, the passenger continued to be combative and irate and initially refused to get off the aircraft. When he gathered his belongings to leave the plane, he started screaming at a flight attendant. The passenger's action delayed the flight departures by 28 minutes. 
And the last one is $9,000 against a passenger on February 20th, Southwest flight from Oakland to Houston. The FAA alleges a flight attendant asked the passenger to pull his mask up so it covered his nose. The passenger refused to comply with, comply with the instruction. The flight attendant then gave the passenger a mask and he threw it on the ground saying he would not wear it. The flight attendant explained the CDC and TSA mask requirement again and asked the passenger to acknowledge that what she was saying. He said he would not comply with the policy and that face mask wearing would not be enforced in Texas. The cabin crew alerted the captain about the passenger's behavior and the captain arranged, arranged for law enforcement to meet the aircraft when it arrived in Houston. The CDC and TSA and the, and the DOT on May 14th reminded traveling public at this time, if you travel, you are still required to wear a mask on plane, buses, trains, and other form of forms of public transportation into, within, or out of the United States. Federal law prohibits interfering with aircraft crew or physically assaulting or threatening to physically assault an aircraft crew or anyone else on an aircraft. Passengers are subject to civil penalties for such misconduct, which can be threatened, which can threaten the safety of the flight by disrupting or distracting cabin crew from their safety duty. Additionally, federal law pro provides for criminal fines and imprisonment of passengers who interfere with the performance of a crew member's duty by assaulting or intimidating that crew member. The FAA is strictly, strictly enforcing a zero-tolerance policy toward passengers who cause disturbances on flights or fail to obey flight crew instructions of violations of the FAA regulations or engage in conduct prescribed by federal law. The passengers have 30 days after receiving the FAA's enforcement letter to respond to the agency. The FAA does not identify individuals against whom it purposes civil penalty. I remember I was telling you that I think that the FAA reaches out to them. Now we have confirmation that the FAA sends a letter yeah. of, you know, a letter to respond to the agency and the enforcement letter. So that's good. And I'm glad that these people are getting fined or getting time in prison. Like, and it said it, the disturbance creates a safety issue because we don't know if you're creating that, that disturbance in order for, for us to like, for, to distract us so that you, so that somebody else can go into the front of the plane or try to do right. something in the back or like anywhere, you know? So we don't know where it's coming from and what's the plan behind it. Right. Exactly. It could just be some stupid passenger who doesn't want to wear a face mask face mask but it also could be somebody trying to distract us so that we're not where we're supposed to be in our duty yeah wow now how how big was the fine the biggest fine i was it fifteen thousand? yeah it that was given not yeah. not so yeah so that's was, that's a car payment that that that's like a freaking car that's like yeah it was three yeah. three fifteen thousand dollar fines one ten thousand five hundred and then one nine thousand. I mean, yeah. I mean, all they of can those. violate my my regulations and buy my car. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> pay my car off. <laughs> like, just pay it off. <laughs> By the way, did you name your car? Not yet. I don't name cars actually. Mm, you're not like me. No, maybe I should call it a river. I would knock it on your in your. The car. hate is coming. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> the hate is coming. <laughs> you can call it Bad Wolf. Uh, oh, Bad Wolf. But then I have the spoiler sticker. So? 
Hmm. So, but yeah, is there anything on your side that you want to share? So I do have uh, some news for you. And uh, there's a new a new guy in town. There's a brand new airline, um, Breeze Airlines. Have you heard of it? Yeah, isn't that the owner or like not the owner, but like the guy that started JetBlue? Yeah, yeah. So from the one mile at a time dot com man that's a mouthful with avello airlines having launched operations yesterday breeze airways is expected to be the next u.s airline startup to be fl- to begin flying The airline is expected to start selling tickets any day now. And I know many of us are curious about what the Salt Lake City-based carrier's first routes will be. I think they already started selling. The flights are like $39, but they have a very limited amount of routes. I really really just wanted to get a ticket so that I could be in an inaugural flight just because they always give out stuff on the first on the inaugural flight. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And you get to see the the, the water shooting and everything. Exactly. How do they call that? Yeah. I never seen that. Have you ever seen that before? Yeah. I actually I saw I've seen yeah. it. Um, I've seen it when it's like the inaugural flight to go somewhere. But I've also seen it when uh-huh. um, when a pilot retires and they do like the whole fanfare for the pilot retirement. Yeah, yeah, that is actually cute. But um, no, I've never seen it. I never had the chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully I, one of these days. Yeah. So ahead of the launch, Forbes has an interesting story about the airline. After having spent some time with founder David Neilman, Neilman is no doubt a bright guy, having founded several airlines, including JetBlue. What other airlines did he found? It was Morris Air, WestJet, Azul Brazilian, um, and then, of course, JetBlue and Breeze. Wow, okay. That's a lot. Yeah. On On this post, I wanted to cover a few of the highlights of this story. Because there are some really surprising tidbits in here. Breeze Airways views flight attendants as interns. Oh, I've written in the past about Breeze's controversial approach to hiring flight attendants, which requires being enrolled in college and living in company housing. In other words, the airline is trying to exclude anyone who has a family, a college degree, or is looking to build a career. Well, there are some more details about how this will work. The role of flight attendant will be more like an internship than a career because Neilman believes flight attendants don't improve much with the years of experience and that they can trap in a dead-end job due to the seniority system we see at other airlines. It's not something politically correct, but it's something David wholeheartedly believes in says Trey Orban, a Breeze board member who works with Neilman at several of his other airlines. How do you, what do you think about that? That's, well, that's I mean, a lot to say. It's been, a, it's been said a lot in the past that if you have, or he, that he says that if you have a college degree, you shouldn't be a flight attendant because it's not a quote unquote real career path, which to me, if that's what you want to do, it is a career choice. 
And you can't just go from being, you know, a flight attendant to being something else. And if you have a college degree, who's to say that you don't want to do the flight attendant instead of the other one? You First, we are, we are first line, like we're first responders, aviation's first responders. We're the last line of defense before a breach into the flight deck. It's not, yeah. it's not a part-time job. Like we put invest our time and lives into this. It's a lifestyle. It's not a job. It's a lifestyle. Right. And um, I have read before that getting to Delta Airlines is more difficult. It's more difficult than getting into Harvard. Yeah, exactly. Than, uh, just to comparison. So I, and, and, and I believe the career definition needs to be redefined if you choose to be a a fast food worker for the rest of your life, what does it say that that's not a career, that that's not what you want? You know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. So I don't know. Anyways, how will Breeze compensate flat attendants? They will be paid a fixed 1200 per month. That's nothing. They'll receive $6,000 towards tuition for online coursework. They'll receive company housing. So with that being said, this is going to be a lot of 21, 22 years old well, no, kids, they, flight attendants. And 18-year-olds. I said that I read somewhere that they were also going to do um, 18 and up because they are college students. Wow. Okay. But. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It started that the role of flight attendants will be part-time as they'll work 15 days per month. However, in reality, that's not hugely different than the schedules that flight attendants work at other airlines full time. As you'd expected, as you expect, exist, existing flight attendants union will no doubt be targeting Breeze. The largest U.S. flight attendants union says it looks like an attempt to abuse federal work study subsidies to hold down labor costs. We're going to work hard to make sure this doesn't get off the ground. Says Sarah Nelson, president of the Association of Flight Attendants. Breeze wants you to buy a filet mignon sandwich. Excuse me, what? <laughs> Nilman hopes to cut cost by designing the airline around technology, including a smartphone app that he hopes will handle all customer interactions until the day of travel and also generate a lot of ancillary revenue, as the app is described. The app, Nilman says, is designed to convince customers to set, to shell out for upgrades and extras from food to rental cars, which Breeze is depending on to turn a profit. We'll flash someone a message. Hey, we see you are flying today. Would you like to buy a filet mignon sandwich that we can hand deliver to you in your seat? Just add all these fun little add-ons where you can just click yes, 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 yes. And we can just keep dinging the credit card. Breeze will have low fares, no change fees. Breeze will be a low-cost carrier primarily operating point-to-point routes that are currently served. Here's what we can expect from pricing and fees in general. Expect most Breeze tickets this summer to cost well under 100 one way. When Breeze takes delivery of a 220s later this year, the airline will offer a, a first class and expect those tickets to cost an extra 50, 100 one way. Breeze will charge 20 for checkbacks on flights under the three hours. Breeze won't charge change or cancellation fees. 
Oh, so that's interesting. They're going to have first class. But if you have no change fees or cancellation fees, are you just going to have, like, are you going to get a refund or are you going to get credit so you can use that credit so they don't lose the revenue on that at least? Well, the question remains. <laughs> right. So they might be not giving refunds and as a kind of sort of, of a fee. Because what you said, like the tickets were about $39. $39 so yeah. if their ticket costs $39 and that's basically the cost of a fee. Oh, this, this is getting interesting. So Breeze has a huge cost advantage over competitors. I doubt it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Breeze is launching operations with Embraer 190 and 195 aircraft, which the airline is leasing for very little. According to Neilman, Breeze trip cost will be 25-30% lower than for competitors with A320s or 737s, while Breeze and Brayer aircraft will have 108-118 seats. The airline will be able to break even when selling just 60 seats. How is that? Oh, okay. I mean... Since the least cost on Breeze planes are so low, the airline can afford to keep the planes parked during the week when demand is low and fly them primarily on weekends when demand is much higher. I really don't understand. I don't either. I will say yeah. this. I was looking at the program details for the tuition part because they have them listed on their website for part-time flight attendants. First of all, that's not really a thing. Yeah. That's, I mean, so they have, you have to live within 50 miles of the airport that they're hiring. They have to be interviewed and selected for the flight attendant part-time program, successfully complete initial flight attendant training, work a maximum of 12 days per month or 60 hours, whichever comes first, and work a minimum of eight days per month or 40 hours. And then they have to sign a four-year uh, agreement. Wow. Yeah. That, that's going to be a lot of shortage on flight attendants. Let well, me tell you. That's only. That's it's only, not attractive at all. It's not. And that's only for the part-time. So now that they have the, the tuition reimbursement plan for flight attendants. So the flight attendants participating in the Breeze Utah Valley University tuition reimbursement plan must interview and be, and be selected for Breeze flight attendant UVU tuition reimbursement plan. Enroll at UVO at UVU as a full-time online student and maintain that status. Enroll at UVU as a full-time as an online student by the next eligible semester. Complete initial flight attendant training before tuition reimbursement begins, and then they have to maintain a 3.0 GPA or higher. Um, and then as long as the above requirements are met, Breeze Airways will provide the following paid in-state and out-of-state educational assistance for most online UVU programs. Some exclusions apply up to $6,000 per year. Now, I've heard that the, um, the in-state tuition is about $12,000 in for 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 that for this specific university so six thousand dollars a year is only about half your costs 
And if you're a full-time student, I mean, you're still going to have to pay $6,000 out of pocket. Corporate, they will also get corporate share housing at locations determined by Breeze Airways, transportation to and from work, and one paid trip home per month, and then a monthly salary. Plan details above outlined represent a high-level overview only and may not fully characterize all program requirements. I don't know. I just feel like this will cause a lot of problems. And like you said, a flight flight attendant shortage because no career flight attendant will want to work part-time. And the ones that do work want to work part-time are not going to agree to signing a four-year program or I'm sorry, a four-year agreement and then have to like do all of the duties that they have to do here as, and then trying to find to work somewhere else. And if you are a student, even if you live in Utah, like $12,000, it's a lot of like $6,000 out of pocket. It's a lot of money. Yes. They will have housing and they will have a salary, but at the same time, you also have other stuff. My, my other questions are, once you complete the four-year contract, what happened next? What right. if you want to stay with the company? Is the company going to fire you? Is it going to like, okay, your contract. So this is a basically a job by contract. After four years, are they going to terminate that? So terminating you is part of that, mm-hmm. is it? Or what if you, for whatever reason, you cannot comply with the the grades that they're requesting. So you get terminated. Is that what I'm getting? I mean, you, you know might what I'm not, saying? Those are questions that are like. So you might not get terminated after the, th- if you don't maintain your 3.0, but you might not get tuition reimbursement. Okay. But they don't want people like that. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. I imagine they'll give the chance to, go back at their own expenses, get their GPA back up, and then pick up from that point on. Because that's what happened when you get grants and you like lower your GPA, they take the, the, the grants and all that stuff away. You go back at your own expenses um, to college and you pick it up and then you get accepted back again. I'm assuming that that's what is, what's going to be working. That, that's what's going to work like. I, I mean, don't know. I, don't I, know. Mean, just... I guess it wouldn't be impossible for you to keep a 3.0 GPA since they're only operating in the weekend. And maybe that's why they're only operating on the weekends. But then again, that's a lot of revenue that they're missing if they don't operate in the weekdays. I, I wonder what was going through their minds when they like created this whole system. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know, but I mean, that ties in with our episode today a little bit. Oh, yeah. Reserve. Nobody times. Don't you love being on reserve? I love it so much. I can't wait to go back. I don't think you're going to go back. Um, I don't think so. I think I think from this point on, um, I'm on a safe place. I'm still at the end of the pot, but I think I'll be all right from now on. Maybe once flying slows down a little bit, I might, be, I might have a little scared again. But what is a reserve? Traumatic times. <laughs> <laughs> a reserve flight attendant is a backup flight attendant in case someone is not able to work. The logistics that go into planning flights are so complex, so airlines 
can't just cancel flights if a flight attendant is sick. This leads to having this ready-made schedule of flight attendants that can work on short notice should the need arise. The schedule is typically made a month in advance, so you'll know when you have to plan to, on potentially being called into work. This makes it easier for you to know when you can potentially be off, but make sure you're available to work. When you first become a flight attendant with an airline and have little seniority, you typically start out on the reserve list. Can I add that that's the most accurate and fucked up description of a flight attendant reserve? Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're just a backup singer. Exactly. Just backup flight attendant. Well, Beyonce is having her moment. <laughs> I remember when I first started uh, 12 years ago, almost 13 years ago now, I was a reserve flight attendant. And I mean, I lived 15 minutes from the airport. So it wasn't a big deal to me. Um, but there are people who, um, who don't live in base, and it's really hard for them to be in reserve. How long were you in reserve? I was exactly two years, exactly, to the mark. I was uh, and um, when I got my line, hmm. COVID hit and <laughs> everything changed from that point on. <laughs> um, I, so in reality, I haven't experienced the full throttle of uh, being an actual Beyonce of the sky, if you may. <laughs> my checks, they're still kind of the same. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really, it's really hard right now to, to like gauge what your actual pay would be as a line holder, just because yeah. our trips are mm -hmm. crappy and, you know, it's very yes. far from between. And I actually went back on reserve in January mm -hmm. this year. That yeah. was a little brief moment. It's like be humble, slap in the face. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so... I did not go back to reserve throughout the pandemic, thankfully. Um, Now, would you, would you, with all the pink slips that were given, would you still be a line holder or you would have gone back again to reserve? Thankfully to the, you know, to the government program, um, the only people that we really lost were people that were actually fired, retired, And sadly passed away. So yeah, sadly passed away. Yeah, we lost a couple of people. Yeah, yeah. So I was actually only on reserve from August or September, October. So it was September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Nine months. I hate you. <laughs> But I came in at a really good time, and had you come at that time, listen, I came in on a good time. The company decided to do a thing and it totally messed up everything because mm -hmm. it looked like when before that situation happened, I wasn't too far away from lines because we were getting a base. We were getting like almost 400 lines and I was on the 400 numbers. So it looked promising for a while and suddenly it went kaput. But, it, but had you come three years prior with me... Then you wouldn't have been that close to that chopping block. <laughs> so while most new flight attendants do find themselves on reserve at the start of their career, it doesn't usually last long and soon gives way to having the opportunity to choose 
more regularly scheduled flights. Most flight attendants who want to move on from being reserved and have a more regular schedule do so in three to nine months, depending on the needs of the airlines they work for. And then it's also worth noting that while many flight attendants see being on reserve as something to get past as soon as possible, there are great flight attendants with many years of experience who still work on on reserve because they prefer it. At my old airline, we used to have this thing, call me last. And, um, senior senior flight attendants would bid reserve because they didn't really want to fly anymore that much or they had families at home so they would bid reserve Uh and then they would choose call me last and so they would be the last people to call um before or after anybody else and that was really nice because a lot of them were either senior flight attendants or flight attendants who had little kids at home and while our schedules do allow us to have a family home, it's sometimes harder to be um, a mother with or a father with kids at home. And if your partner is involved or not involved, it's it just it it has a lot of a lot of uh, variance going around. So that gave a re- opportunity for for families to be together longer. And then there was, you know, the flight attendants who wanted to be called first. So then they would call me first and then they got to fly more. And then whoever didn't care, then they would just fall in between. So, yeah, I was going to ask if there was a, a, a call me first option. That would have been nice to yeah. choose. Oh, this month I feel like flying a lot. The next month, don't call me. Right, exactly. <laughs> so what are some of the advantages of reserve? Uh, if they don't call you, you stay at home. Yep. So Basically get getting paid. Paid to be home. In many cases, you can be on reserve and never actually get called. This means you'll earn money by just staying at home. For some people, this is a huge, huge advantage that give you extra time at home with some pay. Now, while you are still getting paid, you're not getting paid per diem. So you're only getting paid your Correct. base hours. So in the long run, while you do get to be home a lot more, um, you are not getting paid as much. And Correct. And I feel like on reserve, one third of my checks were basically the per diem. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, another one is you would get, you get like trips that are hard to get as a line, as a junior line holder. So there are some destinations that are usually taken by more senior flight attendants. This includes trips to exotic destinations, longer layovers, and places people would love to see. And that's true. Remember when we had that one international layover that there's a huge controversy in our base that this super junior person got it before all the senior people got it. And it was because a senior flight attendant let them borrow their login to Mm -hmm. pick up that trip and then drop it to them. Yeah, I remember that very clearly. It was bad because even when he was already on the flight, he already knew and they were like, after going after him, real bad. Another one is more time off. If you're on reserve, you'll often not get called. And so this means that you have more time to yourself or be on a staycation, which I don't know. I don't know. I never really called it a I never really saw it as time off because you were still kind of worried in the back of your mind of getting called and being at the airport within two hours. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Like, remember how, remember how like we used to plan accordingly because I was so paranoid of getting called. Yeah. Like at, at some point I would, I stopped doing anything on my days. Yeah. Um, but of you're reserve. Yeah. 
because I was paranoid. Even after, even after my my calling time were done, I would still like keep the phone handy just in case. Yeah. Because there's also all the tricks that you know. Yeah, and the last one is you get to try new positions. So getting called on last minute means that you might have to fly a role you typically don't fly. So if you're sick of working in the general cabin and would like to change the pace to first class, this might happen on reserve. So if you're a bottom, you can try to be a top. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so I mean, and it happens a lot as long as for us, as long as you're not on probation, I'll throw people up in the front. That is so you to do. I remember this one time. I just, pitch- <laughs> I just remember this one time. Um, I was flying with, um, with Kay and, ah. she, and she was like, she was like, uh, let's be in the back together today. And I was like, okay so then the girl showed up and i was like hey are you off probation and she was like yeah and i was like great you're in the front and she's like okay and then when we got on the plane um kay and i were in the back and i was like i really hope this isn't her first time being up in the front and so i called her i was like hey um is this your first time being up in the front and she was like yep and i was like i am so so sorry (laughs) and then she's like no it's cool it's fine <laughs> but I remember like the first time I was thrown in the front, I'd had experience being by myself. So it really wasn't that big of a difference being up in the front by myself. My first time as uh, being on the front, <laughs> it was with the infamous CL mm. flight. And that was a very interesting, it was a turn uh, all the way to San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. And she kind of threw me out of like out there. Well, she threw um, you out of your position too um, because of the whole being on probation. Not much because of yeah, not much because of her. It was mostly because the cat. She told the captain that it was my first. As I would like, and a lot of people have asked me if um, if it was a purpose thing and it's on purpose. I don't think so. But she's like, oh yeah, and it's because we had a, a captain change. And a flight crew uh, changed, and she's like, "Oh yeah, it's the first time ever in the front, and we are like here." Blah, blah. And he's like, "What? No, I don't want him there." And that became a whole entire issue. But yeah, so I don't mean I really. First time. I don't tell people that I. If somebody's in the front, and it's their first time dealing with you know the front of the plane. Unless I know the captain, I don't say anything. Um, right. I say something when it's like the person's first first trip or first flight. And then the captain will be like, oh, okay, have them, you know, um, do the air. Or have them yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, catch air. <laughs> catch the air. air sample. <laughs> the air sample, get an air sample. Uh, I had this one flight attendant who I feel I feel really bad, but it was pretty funny. And it was really hard for me to keep my face um, straight. Thankfully, I was wearing a mask. But <laughs> it was her first trip. And she, the poor thing had gotten rerouted. And then she met up with us again um, on, the, like, on the third or fourth day, on the last day. And so I was telling the captain, I was like, hey, Rich, uh, like this happened and blah, blah, blah. And so she, he's like, you know what? 
And so he like wrote up a fake A car that said call for her oh, yeah. <laughs> for her to call for her to call crew scheduling to uh, the schedulers to uh because she had it rewrite. She goes like she's like, is this allowed? And I was like, Well, technically, yes. I mean, technically, legally, no, but technically, yes. And she was like, her face was just like, and then he was like, just tell her, just tell oh. her. <laughs> I know I know but it was pretty funny um that's it so what are some of the downsides you get called in the middle of the night while you're sleeping (laughs) (laughs) yes yes if you are sleeping because you're under expectation of answering the phone call so it all depends on what how you take it (laughs) right exactly so um so that's one the uncertain schedule. So many people don't like the uncertain uncertainty uncertainty of not knowing when they will work next. Um, it does make it harder to plan things. As you said, you stop doing things that didn't work yeah. with, because you were scared. I mean, I personally had a uniform ready to go in my on a, in my car, and even when I was with you, when I when I lived with you or when I stayed with you, I like I was like kind of ready to go at all times just because yeah yeah i remember we will go to like lunch and you'll be like well let me double check that check my phone check my phone check my phone phone. phone. (laughs) (laughs) and then of course we talked about this again you get less pay if you're not called so you're not getting that per diem you're not getting flown over the the um your credit that you have been told you're going to get depending on the airline that you're in. So, you know, less pay. Now let's move on to ready reserve, hot reserve, airport reserve. Like there are many, many ways (laughs) that airlines call it. (laughs) One other thing to keep in mind is that you might be asked to be on ready reserve or hot reserve. And this is like being on reserve, except you be ready for work and go to the airport. So that just means that you're sitting at the airport waiting to be used uh, for a certain amount of time. And if you're not used during that that, used and that block time, right? During that block time that they send you for, then um, then you get to go home again. The one thing that is positive about this is that you are getting per diem. The bad thing about getting per diem is that because you're in base you get taxed for that per diem. It's taxable, yeah. 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 So this is to make sure that the staff, that there is staff ready to go in case of a last minute emergency. And that's when flight attendants that are coming in to work a flight encounter things such as car accidents, you know, um, delays on the freeway or on the way to work, uh, family emergencies, a flat tire, whatever may call you. So you can, so you have to stand in for boarding or, you might be called to stand in for boarding, but if the flight attendant doesn't get there before the flight has to close, guess what? You're going to Denver. <laughs> you better take in that luggage with you because, um, yeah, you might be going. <laughs> <laughs> um, one time, schedulers called me to, um, to you know, to hold boarding, and. Um, and they say, you don't have to take your luggage. The flight attendant is on its way. And I'm like, oh, okay, perfect. 
And then um, with another flight attendant, and he's like, where is your luggage? I'm like walking all the way to the gate. I'm like, oh, schedule already said, this is my first time standing mm-hmm. for another flight attendant. And um, I said, oh, yeah, schedule said no. And it's like, honey, boo-boo, you better turn around and get your bags because what happened if she doesn't make it on time and they have to close doors? You're going without luggage. And I'm like, can they do that? I'm like, oh, <laughs> not that they can. They will they do will, that. They will do that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Okay, tell them I'm coming back. <laughs> so, I mean, the flight attendant ended up um, showing Getting up. There. right. But, right. Um, yeah. But still, can, yeah, I can I can see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've actually when I was I've heard horror stories about people being on ready reserve or hot reserve. Um and I at my at my first airline at the regionals, I was really only on reserve for about two months. And I lived 15 minutes from the airport. So I literally was at home ready to go sitting ready. And then my roommate would just drive me to the airport. It would take me 15 minutes from my house to the gate. And this is before we had KCM. So I would literally just stay at home. Yeah. I would literally just stay at home and then she would drop me off in front of TSA. I would go through TSA and get to the gate. And we had it timed so well. Um, but with, uh, with, with the company now, um, in eight months, or I'm sorry, nine months, I was only in reserve, on ready reserve for six, six times. And then three of those times, I was, I hadn't even gotten to the airport where I already had been given a trip to go work. So they call me, they're like, hey, we need you ready at like 4 a.m. And I'd be like, okay. And then on my way to the airport, they would call me back and you're like, hey, um, you're working this flight at this time and it's a four day and blah, blah, blah. So it happened to me like three times out of the six times that I was on reserve, on ready reserve. And then the other three times, it was just one where I had to sit there for one day. And that was only because I forgot to bid and I got stuck on reserve <laughs> and never again did that happen. And then the other one, it was just like um, <laughs> uh, two days, two days back to back. And so I was very, very lucky. Not everybody gets that because I hear that people are on ready and hot reserve for like six days straight or like they get called every single time, every single block of days that they have on reserve, they get called to sit at the yeah. airport. That did happen to me many times. Um, I have a reserve horror story that I'll never forget. Um, I was, um, I don't know how to say this one because I was reserve C. So, okay. Okay. I got it. So I was, I was reserved at the airport. Um, the latest, the latest one where, where we stayed there until like late night. I'm almost done and I'm getting ready to go. And guess what? I got the dreaded phone call. Uh. Taking that I'm taking a deadhead. So I they still I still had enough time to do one leg situation. Mm-hmm. So or two legs. So I'm like, well, this is not gonna be a turn. This is gonna be a, a go somewhere and um, come Play back over. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 
um, because you know because of, of how late it was uh, on the day. And they said, yeah, you're gonna take a United Airlines deadhead, go all the way to Minneapolis, and from Mini, you're gonna go to Vegas. And I'm like, oh, see, I knew it. They're gonna get me somehow. Uh, so they created the, the the crew. We go to United. United is delayed for an hour and a half. This is winter, of course, in Chicago. In <laughs> um, Minneapolis, is even worse. So we finally get on the plane. We are delayed on the air for another two hours on the air, and uh, we're just circling around, being able trying to find a way to to land. Uh, schedulers completely forgot that we're up in the air. <laughs> and uh, once we landed, um, we have no plane to take to Vegas. They have taken another crew and put them there. It's like, then we called the schedulers and we they were like, hey, we're in Mini. It's like, what are you doing in Mini? <laughs> we already have sold the program. I was like, well, you sent us on a dead head to Mini three hours ago and you completely forgot about us. And they're like, oh. Who sent you to me? They're like, you, you did. <laughs> so they couldn't find a hotel. So they had to put us at the hotel with the pilots um, in the middle of downtown. Mm-hmm. And um, we called the hotels like, oh, we don't do shuttle. You had to get your own shuttle. So we have to go back again, call the schedules like, hey, they don't do their shuttle. They don't have a, a, a shuttles. You had to get us a shuttle to the hotel. We ended up being at, their, at the hotel at four in the morning. That's crazy. So, yeah, I'll never forget that. And I remember. Uh, <laughs> how do you forget that know. you have a crew up in the air? <laughs> and then you dare to question who sent you there? <laughs> it's like, let me just look. Let's see. I decided to go to United and list myself on a flight to try to help you out. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. I, I remember. I remember. Thirty minutes before my ready was over. Time at the airport was over. But yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm gonna do. No. <laughs> I remember one time um, I called up for you know like to try to figure out, and he and they were like, "Well, where are you?" I was like, "What do you mean, where am I?" Like, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm here. And actually, coincidentally, it was Minneapolis as well. I'm like, I'm in Minneapolis. And they're like, well, what are you doing there? I'm like, I got canceled. Like, I called you to, like, 20 minutes ago. I'm trying to get a hotel. I still don't have a hotel. <laughs> like, My God. I don't know what they're doing in there sometimes. Like, honest, I don't know. This is so crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, there are some good, good sides to being on reserve. Because I did get to meet a lot of my friends now. Um, while I was on reserve, I don't know yeah. anybody. I don't know anybody of the new people just because I tend to fly with people that don't call out. You know, I, I went there the other day and um, we had a little bit of a delay and I see all these new people coming in. I'm like, is this how y'all felt when I walk in through the door? I was like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's funny because they're like, oh, um, if I am flying with a new person, they're like, oh, is that, did you get called too? And I was like, no, this is part of my line. <laughs> I know. I was like, no, honey, I don't get called anymore. <laughs> I don't mean to sound conceited, but it's it's 
the way that it sounds. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, eh, that's it. I don't know. Have, oh, I do have another reserve, another reserve story. Like I said, I never really, I never really sat ready. Um, but they did call me one time to be there at 10 in the morning. And so I got myself up and I went to the airport and it was like 10 o'clock. Um, and I got there early. So I checked in early. And I don't know if you're aware, but as your duty time starts when you check in at the airport. So I so my check-in, my schedule check-in time was at 10 o'clock in the morning, but I got there at like nine. Nine quarter after nine, and uh, I checked in. So my duty started at nine a.m. or at nine fifteen or whatever. And so, as soon as I checked in, they called me and they're like, "Hey, you're working a flight to Oakland later today, and it's at three. It's like so you can go home." And I was like, "Well, I'm already at the airport and checked in, so I'm already on duty." And they're like, "Okay, that's fine." And I can't remember if I had come over to your house or whatever or not my flight ended up being delayed three hours and on my way to Oakland I realized that I'm timed out <laughs> like I can't because I was supposed to go to uh. Oakland. I was supposed to go to Oakland and then to Dallas and um and then I was like I'm timed out so I did all the math on my way to Oakland, I was like, I can't fly to Dallas anymore. So then I'm talking to the other flight attendants. We talk to the captain. We get to Oakland. I call crew scheduling. And they're like, well, why are you timed out? I was like, because I've been on duty since 9 a.m. They're like, well, why? And I was like, because you call me for ready. And then I got there and checked in. And yeah. then you call me. So I am yeah. on, I've been on duty since 9am. I'm like, I am not, I am not legal to make it to fly anymore. And they're like, okay. It's like, well, you, well, you can extend. And I was like, and break a, an FAR. And they're like, well, you, you are welcome to, and da, da, da. And I was like, well, am I going to get anything out of it? And she, and, and the guy was like, you, it's like, well, you're already getting paid 150% for your for your time because you went over 14 hours and i was like okay anything else oh so you admitted like i like saying oh yeah you've been working 14 hours yeah yeah and then so then he goes like um he goes like well really there's nothing nothing else now i had been trying to get rid of two days and they hadn't allowed me because the grid was in the red or uh, we didn't have enough availability of flight attendants on certain days that I needed off. And I was like, well, if I can get these two days off, I'll work the flight. And they were like, oh, I don't think that's possible. And I was like, oh, well, then I don't think it's possible for me to work tonight. You can just uh, cancel the flight or delay it until you get another flight. <laughs> and he was like, one second. And so he kept me on hold for like 20 minutes. And then he goes like, okay, you can have your two days off. And I was like, okay, great. I'll get to Dallas. We'll get you to Dallas tonight. <laughs> and that was and that was my one and only time that I've broken an FAR. And only because I knew that if I didn't say I would work the flight and got my days off, um, they would have deadheaded me the next day earlier. And it was already a really long day the next day. 
because we had to do a couple of turns and then go to uh, Detroit. So I was like, you know what? They're going to deadhead me and have me sit at the airport for like a couple of hours before I have to take my last flight to Detroit. So I might as well just get there, get enough rest, and then deal with the the rest of the the trip or whatever. So, oh gosh, no. That was my only, my only Ooh. one. So I'm glad I'm not a yeah, reserve it's, anymore. It's so funny. It's so funny because there's so many more stories that we can just do like two or three episodes of this. Because I just remember another one that I had, and, and it was just an awful one too. When you do those um, little um, limo from point A to oh point B God. kind of situation. I hate they, the ground transfer. They limo me from the yeah, they limo me from Detroit to Pittsburgh in the middle of a snowstorm. <laughs> yeah. Is this stuff that you deal with as a reserve flight attendant? It took seven hours to get to Pittsburgh. <laughs> so should we start closing down because it's getting long? Yeah, it is getting long. <laughs> <laughs> If you are thinking of becoming a flight attendant, just be aware that you will be on reserve for three to nine months, um, depending on your base, the company that you work for, and the needs that the airline has. It depends also on the base. I know that United, especially in Chicago, has like at least a 10-year reserve lifespan. Yeah. And again, I was gonna say it just depends. It depends on the airline and your base and what they need. Uh, don't be afraid of reserve. It's not as bad as we make it sound. It's just annoying. It's like that pebble in your shoe that just won't go away. And um, yeah. um, you can, like it says, you can get a lot of great trips. You can meet a lot of great people, and you know. I personally like it when I have a reserve because I kind of, they know if they just came off of the, of training, they know um, they're paying more attention for the most part. And they ask a lot of questions and that also keeps me updated on everything that we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it because it's like, a yeah. refresh, it's a refresher course for me, you know? So yeah. any insight or tips or anything you have for reserve flight attendants no because you know what it's i i have tried to do the whole tips and that's another thing you make you have to make reserve work for you not reserve work you um try to find out what are the blocks of the hour of the day that works best for you um try to figure that out um sometimes you are in control of that sometimes you're not in control of that but most part at least in my experience i was in control of the hours that i wanted to be um on that and that is also if your company um, the company you're going to work for allows you to because i know some other ones you do not have that choice and it's not as bad it, it there will be bad but there's a lot of other goods too so well, you did just give a tip. And be patient. <laughs> yeah. And um, also be be patient. 
do your time and um, take it as it is. And ask a lot of questions when you come to. This is the time. Yeah. And this is the time for you to learn the most. Right. Because when I was at the airport, that's where I learned the most, especially if there is. Um, if you have unions, if, if if you have unions, that's the place to ask questions because you will meet representatives. You will meet people that have had previous experiences there, and um, yeah, those are questions that can be answered if you have any questions, of course. Exactly. In the gossip. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you uh, been reading anything, listening, anything, watching, anything? No, just studying, trying to focus on that. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I can get this done and over. What about you? Not really. I'm still, I'm about to finish my, my, my book for my book club, which they sent me a present because it's our first year anniversary. There's like a wine glass in there and wine and like a little, like a little pie with a a candle for our first anniversary. That's adorable. Um, And uh, so, no, I don't really have, so I really haven't been watching, but uh, during this break, I'm gonna catch up on a lot of our um, indie podcasts that I'm a, that we're a group of on Instagram. So we'll be able to. Nice. There's this one that you might like. It's called Wicked Spiritual, and it's three friends, and they're like, I think oh. it's something it's something you might be interested in too. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but other than that, really not watching anything new. And it's been a great first season. Wow. You've been here 20 episodes. I've been here 20 episodes. You've been here with me 12. 12. Wow. Yeah, because you started. Doesn't even feel like it. I know. You started with me um, on episode eight, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So you started oh. episode eight and forward. So that's 13 episodes. Yeah, four. I was in. I was a guest. If you haven't heard that, that's actually me telling the burger story. <laughs> the burger story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So uh, we have a lot of stuff, great stuff coming next season. We just need a break. Um, it's not a break that yeah. we want to take, but we have a lot of stuff going on, as we mentioned before. And we just kind of want to get taken that care of and then we'll come back with some more great content for you all yeah and it's all just so your time absolutely and this is also your time to binge here all of the episodes that you have missed and get questions and send us those questions so we can answer them in the, in the next um, season wait what where, where can they yeah. uh, send us questions they can send us a cards to the flight attendant podcast at gmail.com and also at the flight attendant podcast.com <laughs> you can follow us on social media and also <laughs> you're being ridiculous right now <laughs> if y'all could see him if y'all could see him he's both posting for me <laughs> you can also follow us on social media on instagram at the flight attendant podcast and on twitter at stay safe fly safe don't forget to 
listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. And don't forget to subscribe, review, and rate on Apple Podcasts, please. And we'll post something every day mm -hmm. on our social media so you guys can stay, keep up to date with us. And we have a couple of surprises in, in the meantime while we are on a hiatus. Anything else you want to say, Uncle Jay? Hiatus. Hiatus. I said hiatus. <laughs> How do you get in a hiatus? <laughs> well, I mean, you lift it up in the air. Is it like a high five? <laughs> it's time to go. I'll see you later. Stay safe and fly yeah. safe. And look at you. Look at you. Bye. Bye.